Hi, and welcome to The Outside Story, a podcast on TV, film, and media from an outside perspective. I am your co-host, Larry, joined by Jonathan. Hello. And this month, we are doing an October Halloween special. Today's episode is on Slashers, part one. So today we'll be talking about Nightmare on Elm Street, both 1984 and 2010 versions, and also Psycho. Uh, released in 1960 by Alfred Hitchcock. So, Nightmare on Elm Street is directed by Wes Craven. I think he loosely based it off of the idea of sleep paralysis or the phenomenon sleep paralysis. Oh, he didn't loosely base it on that. He based it on it. Especially, like, after he had heard about all the stuff that was happening in the 80s with the Hmong people, Mm -hmm. Wes Craven himself says he took it from that. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, so... There's this interview of Wes Craven. I don't know where it's at. It's probably on YouTube or something. That's creepy that you don't know where it's at. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But he did base it off of all of the mysterious sort of murders. I don't know if you call them murders. Mysterious mm. deaths. That's a better word. Mysterious deaths that were happening to Hmong people in the 80s. There is a video about this specific spirit or creature that was quote responsible for killing these young Hmong men that we will put in the link down below so whether you're listening on spotify or lipson you can look for the link and we'll put that there Mm -hmm. but it is based on that idea that people were getting killed in their sleep Mm -hmm. yeah and so (laughs) even like watching this old one like i remember watching this as a kid and you don't really think much about it well, as a kid, I remember just kind of watching it for its campiness, really, you know? Like, the the more horror elements of the story didn't really click as a kid. But even watching it, uh, watching it now, it, it felt a little... Because I've had sleep paralysis before, like, maybe twice in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, <laughs> I cringe a little bit when I watch them, like, you know... Um, twitching in their sleep or just kind of right. you know moving right. around and kind of having having their their moments and like oh yeah that's that's what it feels like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah so it's yeah. pretty creepy to kind of see it seen on screen mm-hmm. um but nightmare on elm street even though it's it's based off of the phenomenon of sleep paralysis it's still its own original story so it's the main antagonist is freddy krueger who in this film is a child killer he goes around and kills kids like in this film it's it's uh killing kids yeah he preys on children mm-hmm. preys on yeah. children like he mm-hmm. picks he picks their he picks his victims and kills them mm-hmm. um and this particular film follows the story of four teenagers nancy tina rod glenn and you just kind of see them they share their experiences of like oh my god like i i can't sleep because i had this nightmare because of this happened and I feel like it actually, it felt like it was real. And that idea can be very scary because it's, co- it's sort of like, you know, your nightmares are coming to life. And so Nightmare on Elm Street is like this blend of supernatural and slasher genres, like all together in one. So Jonathan, what do you think of Nightmare on Elm Street? I thought the first one, the 1984 version, I thought it was good. You know, it wasn't mm-hmm. amazing, but it also wasn't terrible. It was just kind of, okay, good. 
I kind of felt like Nancy almost had this character moment. There's a scene where she was talking with her mom and she was basically confronting her mom about the whole, like, why did you hide this thing about Freddie? You know, like, why did you hide that from me? And Nancy's mom is all like, oh, Nancy, you've always been sort of that type of person. Like, you've always been the type of person to confront things and to face things head on or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um. So I was like, oh she almost has a character moment right now, you know, but mm-hmm. like it wasn't really fully developed. Um, right. And also Freddy Cougar's origin story is existent, but it's not really justified. His character doesn't have like a backstory besides like, Oh, he was a child killer, you know? Right. And then also I kind of felt like Freddy's character was kind of dumb. Like, yeah. And then, and, and, oh, sorry, I, I shouldn't say dumb, but he was, Freddy's character is kind of like, really clumsy i guess okay <laughs> because... like, like, like he fell for the most obvious traps right like he right. would get caught on purpose that sort of yeah thing. it's yeah. like it's like when he was out of his element of his of the dream world like he just almost was just so out of place and yeah like he stumbled shocked. yeah it's yeah. like he stumbled he did all these things and well yeah if you, if you think about it though like because freddie conquers that dream world so he can move around as is right like he can mm-hmm. kind of appear disappear pop wherever mm-hmm. he wants because this is mm-hmm. you know when you dream you know when you have lucid dream or whatever you can kind of do that you can do whatever you want so mm-hmm. i guess when he gets pulled out into the real world it, wouldn't he have a hard time because he's so used to you know hopping back and forth just teleporting appearing wherever you know what I mean? yeah yeah i guess yeah i guess that does make sense and yeah i think in this 1984 version i think i liked how they made it really clear that like you could pull things out of the dream, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that was kind of how, that was basically kind of like the solution then, you know, mm-hmm. to be like, oh yeah, like I'm going to pull Freddy out of the dream and kill him or whatever. Yeah. And that's how I'm going to overcome it. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was really interesting. It kind of has this commentary then on also like how like dreams can be reality, mm-hmm. you know, and how we can turn them into reality mm-hmm. um, and stuff like that. Nightmares, though, <laughs> I don't know if oh. we want to make those. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, do you want me to talk about the 2010 version or do you want to give the. Um, no, I want to add a little more sure. to this one. So there's yeah, a few ahead. iconic scenes in the original 1984 version. There, I think the scene that caught me the most, that kind of made me like jaw drop, like, oh my God, that's crazy, was the very first killing scene with mm. Tina. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, that one, that one got me a lot. I was like looking at it, I was like, oh my god, like that's that's terrifying. Yeah, it <laughs> you know? was it was crazy. Yeah, to yeah. kind of just see that, and then yeah. she gets like ripped in half. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, she's like also insane. like flying all over the room and stuff mm-hmm. too. It's just yeah. like like the practical VFX are just so good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. like you don't you because it doesn't use any digital imagery to like right. you know hide right. anything oh it, it hides the strings i guess but still like yeah yeah like, but she's not like flying on a green mm-hmm. screen somewhere yeah exactly. <laughs> she's like actually flying in the room yeah so you're looking yeah. at it like oh my god that's crazy yeah, yeah um and also the scene where nancy goes to the school hallways and she sees tina in like a body bag mm. um like those i think those two are the most iconic scenes from the original that a lot of people try to like whenever they parody something like a horror film or whatever they always try to pull these two Mm -hmm. scenes out because that's Mm -hmm. how iconic this film is Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so john do you want to talk about the 2010 version yeah the 2010 version the biggest thing for me in the 20 like the 2010 kind of versus are we doing compare contrast or you just want to want me to talk about the 2010 we can do compare and contrast now okay Mm -hmm. so in the 2010 version i thought it was really interesting that 
like Freddy Krueger's story, first of all, is explained a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And so you almost kind of have like a little bit of sympathy for him. Even if he did take advantage of kids, you still kind of like, oh man, like I feel really bad for the guy, even though he was a child predator and stuff. But like they like, but they like hunted him and like killed him. And it's just, it's crazy. It's almost as if like the only way that we can get rid of a child predator is by killing them or by like putting them away in jail, you know? Right. Like, like there's, there's no like hope for them. And I think that that's a really interesting comment on society because I feel Mm -hmm. like that's true. Like society kind of often looks at child predators or just even sexual predators in general. And we're like, Oh yeah. Like those people despicable. Like we could, we could, we should kill them and put them in jail and like they deserve death and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But then at the same time, these folks are human too. And so before like, it, like my question is, can we get to this point where we no longer see them as criminals, but then like, how do we help them recover from something as crazy as that, you know? And, and mm-hmm. is there even like possible recovery and redemption for them? Yeah. Um, like that, that's, that's the kind of question that came to mind for me, like during this whole stuff with Freddy Krueger's backstory. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I thought it was interesting how the main character in the original, like Nancy's thought was like, oh, I have to kill Freddy. Like that's how I overcome this. Mm-hmm. But in the reboot, what they do is like, oh, we have to go and figure out how to undo the curse, mm-hmm. you know, or how to solve his curse. Right. Like we how have to, to like rest out. his spirit kind of right, thing. Right, right, yeah. right, right. And I think, I think that those are like, that's just the two contrasting sort of like elements in horror mm-hmm. between like older versions of horror and more like modern, you know, sorts of right. horror. Is this kind of like, oh, like this, like, can we redeem the spirit or can we like put it to rest, you know, mm-hmm. um, some way so that it will stop? I think that's like a really interesting um, like contrast between the two. In both films, like I always thought that the main, it, it, they, they never start the story with the main character. Right. They started off with a side character mm-hmm. and then killed them. And they went to another side character and then killed them. Yeah. And then they finally got to the main character. Yeah, and so I, I, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, I, I don't. I feel the same way too because, like, just directly comparing and contrasting, the '84 version op- does open up with Nancy. She's in her dream, and then she snaps out of it. And this one, though, like, I thought Chris was the main character. Mm-hmm. I thought they're gonna make her the main character just because they were so focused on her for the first like, ten, fifteen minutes. I'm like, oh, I guess they're changing things up. And then, like, immediately, like, she dies. I'm like, yeah. uh wait what yeah. and then yeah. it hops to nancy i was like yo yo i don't know who you are <laughs> you're, you're barely mentioned in the first five minutes right um right. <laughs> and yeah. how can you be the main character yeah at first so, i thought yeah. it was the guy i was like oh they're changing it it's a guy now yeah. it's a guy main mm-hmm. character um but no it, it, it it's not yeah <laughs> yeah nope like this is kind of what reboots should do or remakes because they're kind of just taking the old story but just kind of twisting it a little bit or kind of expanding on it and okay. I think that's what good reboots, remakes do. Because yeah. you're not just retelling the same story, you're retelling it in a different manner. Hmm. And yeah, I thought they did a pretty good job. My only gripe, or I have a few gripes, but my main gripe is because <laughs> in the 84 version, you have Tina's death scene. In this one, I don't like how they killed Chris. It's the same exact method, but the original did it better. Yeah. It wasn't Remind like, me again how they died. Uh, the bedroom, the flying around the bedroom. Oh, the flying bedroom one. Okay. Yeah, the flying bedroom one. Because uh, yeah. Chris dies the same way. Uh, Chris and Tina are the exact same character, but for some reason they decided to call her Chris. I think short for uh, short for Christina, mm-hmm. but Tina is short for Christina too. Right. So they just swapped the names. Um, yeah. Yeah. So Chris died the same way, like bedroom bedroom scene. Mm-hmm. You see her in the body bag later too. But mm-hmm. I don't like how they they cut this one, like the way they edited it, because mm-hmm. Tina. 
Tina's death, it, it kind of pulled back a lot more, and you kind of see her movements across the whole like room. You're like, oh my god, that's so creepy. And then mm-hmm. you see Chris here. It's a lot of jump cuts. It looks like she's getting beat up by like an invisible yeah. force, getting tossed yeah, yeah. around the wall. I'm like, uh, that doesn't look too mm-hmm. freaky, but it's still yeah. kind of unnerving too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just, I didn't like how they did that. But storytelling wise, I think. The 2010 version does a better job. The 84 version just kind of, you know, takes its time with the spacing. But uh, the 2010 version, for sure, definitely uh, a different way how to go about it. Um, mm-hmm. I also did like how they added more backstory to Freddy Krueger. Because mm-hmm. in the 84 version, he's supposed to be a child molester, too. But I think they wanted to avoid that kind of topic. So they mm-hmm. just made him a child killer. I see. Um, and then in the 2010 version, it's very obvious very very right. obvious that's that's what he did to the kids right um and i thought they did a good job kind of sh- uh, explaining that mm-hmm. also fun fact you know how you said uh, nancy wasn't like a very well-developed character in the mm-hmm. first film she actually carries on throughout the rest of the franchise and so her oh, character really? develops there <laughs> yep yeah okay. so her character really develops there i think that's how they kind of made it that way so mm, i see okay all right again directed by wes craven well, the original, and then the new one is directed by someone else. But Wes Craven did a very good job, just kind of blending, taking one concept, one idea, of you know sleep paralysis, and just expanding a whole world lore, story, and iconic figure, you know, in horror film franchise. You have mm-hmm. Freddy Krueger, um, his claws, his face, you know, his burnt face, his uh, his sweater. Like they're very iconic pieces. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if you just kind of tell that to anyone, any horror film fanatic buff will know what you're talking about Mm -hmm. so okay cool all right and so our next film is psycho by alfred hitchcock it is Mm -hmm. based on a book with the same title and i was a little hesitant at first because you know it's such an old film what can an old film do (laughs) um and this is alfred hitchcock yeah but see like i just know the name alfred hitchcock i know he's done some good stuff but i was like you know what i think it's just the name and the reputation (laughs) i don't really think he's that great like that's what i was that was my thought coming like watching this film i'm like and (laughs) boy i was wrong oh my goodness (laughs) totally blew my expectations out of the water Mm -hmm. um yeah, so I want to thank you, Jonathan, for recommending it. Um, mm-hmm. Because Psycho, it is. I I can definitely see why it's a classic and why people say it's good. Because yeah, it's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what did you like about it? It had some kind of nostalgia to it. I don't know why. I guess because mm-hmm. it's just you know in the '60s. Mm-hmm. But what really got me was probably like the second half of the film. Mm-hmm. Like the first half is pretty like slow. You're not really too sure where the story's going. But the second half, I think made it a lot better because it kind of has more of that, like trying to find out what happened, trying to figure out uh, what's going on, what happened to the sister, the main character, Marion, mm-hmm. uh, that sort of thing. And just kind of unraveling that story mm-hmm. was what really got me hooked. And it got mm-hmm. me thinking like, man, they had this back in the sixties, like what? Mm-hmm. And so it, that idea just kind of blew my mind. And um, also a lot of people call this film as like the, the very first slasher film. And I can mm-hmm. see why, cause yeah. there's so many iconic cuts, so many different types of editing mm-hmm. that this film does that I can already see has bled into <laughs> bled. <laughs> that, has, <laughs> that has bled into other slasher films um and yeah I, I just start to kind of see like like yeah like a lot of people liked this a lot of people wanted to kind of recapture this moment you know and retell it in other stories mm-hmm. um and that's what i really liked about psycho 
I think Psycho, like after watching it, I think the very last scene where it's focusing on, you know, the antagonist mm-hmm. and he's like talking to himself, you know? Yeah. Um, after watching that, I'm just like, I think I've seen this before. Mm. I don't know if I've seen this one specifically, like Psycho specifically, or if it was like another one. But like after like just watching that scene and, and hearing him talk to himself, I feel like I feel like I've seen that. Maybe it's just that nostalgia feeling you were talking about, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but for sure, this one, the hook got me. Even though, even if I have seen it in the past, I don't remember if I have. Um, mm-hmm. The hook still got me. I definitely had theories about like what was going to happen. I thought the mom was alive the whole time, you know. Yeah, me too. Because because what what happens is like Hitchcock is like mm, he's sly, you know. Yeah. Like he he shows us like like Norman Bates coming in and like mm-hmm. being surprised about the the murder and like and stuff mm-hmm. like that you know so it's just yeah. it's just kind of like oh like it couldn't have been him you know mm-hmm. but right. at the same time like you know when he was talking to the main character in the parlor and he was feeding yeah. he was feeding her he was like oh you eat like a bird and he got all these dead birds around him you know <laughs> yeah. i was like oh he's gone she's she's going to die you know mm-hmm. um but but I wasn't sure if, if he was going to do it, you know, um, mm-hmm. or, or if something else was going to happen. Right. Um, but my original theory was that the mother found somebody else sleeping with her husband. So she got mm-hmm. angry and killed them. And the son had to cover it up. Oh, like, okay. that's that that's what I that's what I thought it was. But mm-hmm. um, but it wasn't. Um, right. No, that's a good theory. Yeah. Like, it's it still very well be plausible, too. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, man, the idea that, like, Norman Bates was just crazy the whole time. Like, that's mm-hmm. just, oh. That's crazy to me. Yeah, just... because it's so it's so subtle. Like you, you, yeah. don't, you don't see it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And yeah. then all of a sudden he just snaps. You're like, wow, yeah. that's insane. Yeah. And uh, I think Cycle establishes that you know the killers in slasher films aren't just killers. You know, there's like something to them. There's more mm-hmm. to them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of slasher films, horror films, right afterwards, just really start taking that. Right. Into consideration. Right. Yeah. Right. Not mm-hmm. not just a motive, you know, to kill, right. but like an origin story, mm-hmm. you know, like for, for these killers. Mm-hmm. And it's um, a, it's part of their character. Yeah. 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 Phenomenal film. Mm-hmm. I, I I thought it was great. Yeah. Me yeah, too. It's good. Okay. All right. That does it for this episode for Slashers Part One. Join us again tomorrow. Actually, not tomorrow. Join us again <laughs> next time because <laughs> it's technically. It's episode four, right? So it's yeah. It so we're gonna this. take a break on the weekends. We're not mm-hmm. gonna release any any episodes, but we will release another episode again on Monday, mm-hmm. where so, yeah. we will be talking about slashers part two, and we're gonna be talking about I know what you did last summer and Scream, the mm-hmm. nineteen ninety six version. Mm-hmm. All right, thanks. Take care. Mm-hmm.